Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Influence. I'm Michelle Martin. A Singapore budget special today. A staggered rise in goods and services tax, taking it from 7 to 9% in 2024, with the rise starting next year. An ensemble of tech taxes on those earning more than $500,000, higher-end properties and luxury cars, tax hikes for non-owner-occupied residential properties for those owning more than one home. Taken as a whole, will these changes in taxes fatten public coffers while signaling a shift to a fairer, more progressive tax system that expects more from those who can afford it? Yo Kai Eng is ASEAN Indirect Tax Leader at Ernst & Young Solutions. Good morning, Kai Eng. Hi, morning, Michelle. How are you? Doing well. Let's get a sense of your biggest takeaways given the tax moves announced in this year's budget. Yes, uh, as you've mentioned, uh, I think this budget encompasses five major changes to our tax system. First and foremost, maybe it's the GST. After four years since the, you know, the GST rate hike was first proposed, the wait is finally over. The minister has announced that the rate increase Interestingly, it will not happen in 2022, but will actually occur in 2023 and it will be staggered. So this is an interesting development in the sense that many of us had expected the minister to announce a rate increase actually this year. Mm-hmm. The other interesting fact to note is there was also a similar uh, staggered rate increase 20 years ago, right? When the first rate increase took place in 2003 from 3 to 4% and then after that the following year, 4 to 5%. But overall, the government should be commended in the sense that, um, you know, they have by the concerns of individuals and businesses, and therefore they have decided uh, to delay the rate increase and stagger it over two years. That's one. The other interesting thing to note is um, they have made further adjustments to the personal income tax rate by further introducing you know, two tier additional two rates, the 23% and 24% mm-hmm. uh, for personal income tax. So that's also very interesting because we have seen um, adjustments made to personal income tax in, in the past budgets as well. So this is the further adjustments to the personal income tax rate. Um, then, of course, thirdly, we're raising the marginal tax rate up to 32% and 36% for owner-occupied residential properties and non-owner-occupied uh, residential properties. So this is interesting, and of course, it's reflecting a greater emphasis on asset-based taxation. And the fourth one um, of the changes would be, of course, the tax on luxury cars mm. uh, in excess of 8000 So this is also very interesting. Uh, again, you know, the, you can see that the emphasis is really on uh, the shift towards the higher income earners. And lastly, of course, the minimal effective tax rate. Uh, the government exploring uh, this top-up tax called the minimum effective tax rate. Um, the question is, of course, how the Singapore version should be implemented to reduce the compliance burden for businesses. Mm-hmm. These are the five key changes in tax that we saw in this year's budget. Thanks for the overview. Uh, in EY's reaction to the Singapore budget, uh, you've written, despite the need to raise revenue, the government should be commended for recognising the concerns of businesses and Singaporeans. And you talk about uh, the staggering of the GST rate hike over two years instead of an immediate increase. Uh, I was reading Irvin Sia, senior economist from DBS, and he notes that given economic cycles, um, Singaporeans could be sandwiched between rising taxes and falling growth should another recession occur in the next two to three years. So in terms of impact on Singaporeans, um, what are your views? Have wages increased to price in inflation and GST increases, Kai Eng? Yeah, 
Well, even without the GST rate increase, right, um, what we're seeing today is, uh, you know, we have a very tight labor market, mm. and of course with inflation. So we have certainly seen an increase in wages, and we can expect that this pressure to increase wages will continue. So with or without GST, my view is that there'll be a lot of pressure for wage increase. Despite a delay in the implementation of the GST hike, several analysts that we've spoken with, uh, PwC, Singapore, Deloitte, EY, KPMG, uh, reportedly have said businesses should not relax and they must plan ahead on how to address the looming increase. So what are your thoughts on the GST hike uh, and its impact on inflation? There are various angles to look at the GST rate hike. Of course, you know, from a business standpoint, Mm. they need to prepare for the rate increase, right? The last rate increase, was almost a decade ago. So, you know, it's been a while since um, the knowledge of preparing for the rate increase, things have changed. So mm-hmm. for businesses that are GST registered, definitely they need to look at it, prepare for it well in advance and not wait for the last minute. And of course, for those that are not registered for GST, of course, they'll be impacted by the, you know, the rate hike, but, you know, they should re-examine and see whether should they consider registering for GST on a voluntary basis. So this will help to, you know, basically uh, manage the GST rate hike that we're looking at. Do you think profiteering needs to be managed as well? Yes, there will always be, you know, uh, attempts by various sectors to, you know, profit on this, you know, take advantage of the rate hike. But again, in this budget, there was an announcement that, you know, there will be a committee set up to make sure that, you know, people don't take advantage of the GST rate increase and by raising prices exorbitantly. So there will certainly be an increase. Uh, at the same time, the government is well aware of it and they are making sure that people do not take advantage of it and just increase prices significantly. So Lawrence Wong has said that GST revenue by itself will not be enough to cover the cost of additional healthcare spending. Um, some analysts have called these tax hikes low-hanging fruit and said they will not be substantial revenue generators. What are you expecting could prop up tax revenues uh, despite uneven recovery? Well, if you look at over the years, right, the, the government has already been um, growing its revenue sources over the years. If you look at the past few budgets, they have increased it. Um, you know, the property tax, they have adjusted the personal income tax, they have adjusted stamp duty. Mm-hmm. Again, interestingly to note, this year, they further made adjustments to personal income tax, to property tax, and of course, the tax on luxury cars. Also, though not very significant, from January 2023, we will also see the introduction of GST on importation of low-value goods uh, and the extension of the existing overseas vendor regime to non-digital services. So these are, I guess, a suite of measures that you know, the government will continue to monitor, introduce, basically to raise revenue, as the minister said, to manage raising healthcare costs and also the aging population. And because these are recurring needs, right, you also mentioned that GST is something that's critical to the raising of revenue to manage all this increase in um, costs that the country is experiencing. Speaking of managing the increase in costs, many businesses are still reeling from the effects of COVID-19. And while preparing for the GST hike, no doubt we'll be looking at pricing strategy. So with this budget in mind, which businesses could take the biggest hit? You know, with COVID still looming, the aviation sector is, of course, still hit by COVID. But increasingly, we are seeing that people are traveling again. But of course, definitely, again, we see in this budget, the minister has announced the aviation support package to continue to preserve the capabilities and enhance the status of the Singapore as an international aviation hub. Now, besides that, the government has also continued to announce immediate support for businesses such as the expansion in the budget, the $500 million job support and business packages for what is new is the Small Business Recovery Grant and extending the job growth incentive. So 
So these are, again, the suite of measures that have been introduced um, to continue to support those that are badly affected by COVID. So you alluded and touched on the minimum effective tax rate. The new tax uh, studied Singapore exploring this top-up tax as it adjusts its corporate tax system uh, in response to a global deal that will ensure that big companies play a minimum effective tax rate of 15%. Um, Can you share with us how could changes in corporate taxes help align Singapore to this global agreement? Okay, maybe just put a bit of perspective to it. Mm-hmm. So our corporate tax rate is currently at 17% and it's remained unchanged for quite a while, but it's still one of the lowest in the world. But of course, with the BEPS 2.0, as mentioned, the government is basically exploring the uh, minimum effective tax rate. And this is not unexpected as you know, other countries like Ireland, Switzerland, they have also announced their intention to implement something similar, 15% minimum tax, in response to the global minimum tax proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, the question is, of course, Singapore, during this budget, they say that they're still studying ways and they'll be consulting the industry and all. So the question is how Singapore's version, eventually, when it's implemented, that will help reduce the compliance versus burden for businesses. So this one, we have to see. The government is still looking at it. But definitely, we'll see some developments going forward. All right. Well, thank you for your insights. As always, Yo Kai Eng is ASEAN Indirect's tax leader, Ernst & Young Solutions. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.